So we're in week three of a four-week series. We actually end this series next week called When We Pray. Talking about prayer. Talking about how to have a passionate prayer life. I think people believe in the power of prayer. I don't think I'm trying to convince you about it. I think I'm trying to... I really believe God's called me to give you the tools to do it. Rarely have I met people that don't believe that God would answer. It's just for whatever reason we're intimidated by it or we're bored by it. I just don't know how to do it. I, I hear people talk about it a lot. I believe that God would answer if I would. But I don't know how, and, and, and I, I, don't have the, I, don't have the, I just don't have the tools to do that. And I really want to help you over, over the course of these four weeks to learn how to pray with passion, to learn how to pray with power, to really grow your intimacy with God. And we're doing that as a whole church family. We do that twice a year, once in January, once in August, at 21 Days of Prayer. 21 Days of Prayer is our uh, a prayer time together as a church family every January, every August as seasons change. This is the last week of the August 21 days of prayer. By the way, the last two weeks have been absolutely amazing. Packed houses every single morning. And if you, if you haven't been here yet, let me just encourage you right here on the last week. We meet on Monday through Friday at 6 o'clock in the morning. We'll start right at 6 a.m. And you'll be back in your car headed to school, headed to work at 6.50. That's our promise to you. If you'll put God first, I promise you we'll respect your time. We worship together. We pray together. We have prayer guides. So if you don't know, you say, man, I don't know what to do for 50 minutes. We're, we're going to have a word together. We'll have worship together. So uh, of that time, you know, and, and, then, and then the time you pray privately, you'll have a prayer guide. And then this Saturday, I'm inviting your, this whole church. I really, If you call this place home, I'd love for you to join me for our final prayer service, the big finale this Saturday at 9 o'clock. Our, our worship team will be there. We'll have big worship, and I'll bring a final word to you. And then we'll pray together and really believe God together. We'll spend more time in focused prayer this Saturday, just believing God as we head into this next season. And I'd love, love, love to have you this week. So we're talking about prayer and we're practicing uh, prayer through 21 days. And we're looking through in this message series, we're looking through some prayers that the Apostle Paul would pray or would write to the churches that he's planted uh, around the known world. So Paul's an apostle. He's a church planner, plans churches around his world. And then he would go back and write letters to them, encouraging them. And in those letters, you'll find sort of a rhythm that Paul has where he says, I'm praying for you. And then, he, then I'll mention what he's praying. Like, Here's the thing that, that's really on my prayer list for you. And then he says, so that, and then he sort of gives you the reason why I'm praying this way. Because this is, this is going to happen in, in your life. I pray so that. It's kind of the rhythm that he has. And, and the first week we talked about, Paul said, I pray that you're strengthened in power. And I think you ought to add that to your prayer list. As a matter of fact, I think I ought to be at the top of your prayer list. That, God, I need the power of God in my life. If I'm going to be the father, if I'm going to be the husband, if I'm going to be the leader, if I'm going to be everything you've called me to be, I need your power in my life. I can't do it on my own. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough gifts to do it on my own. I need your power in my life. And then last week we talked about praying for unity. Jesus actually prayed a prayer almost identical to what Paul would write. That I'm praying for unity, that you can be one. Jesus prayed, he said, Father, I want, I want them to be one like we are one. And so praying for unity and, uh, in your family, in your marriage, with your kids and in our church and, 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 and in our city, you know, this church is not competing with anybody else. We're all in this together. Amen, everybody. We're in this together. And so praying for unity, I want you to put it at the top of your list. And so today we're going to look at one more prayer that Paul would pray that I think you ought to add to your consistent prayer list. But prayers can be so odd sometimes. I grew up in church and I grew up with good godly parents. I thank God for, for that. And they would pray with me and we pray with our kids every night. You ever, you ever think about some of the crazy prayers that you pray, like some of the stuff that you say, 
you don't even realize that what you're saying, like when you pray for your kids, I don't know if you were this way, but growing up, uh, my, my parents would, would pray this prayer. You'd go in and the, and the lights were all dark and I'm a little scared of the dark. Anybody else a little scared of the dark? Don't lie about that. I know you are. I'm, I was a little scared of the dark so I'd have the covers up over my head because so, I felt like if I couldn't see it that I'd be safe and I just had this little hole to breathe out of. <laughs> like, uh, like they couldn't hear me, you know, panting desperately, you know, a monster or whatever. My parents would come in and I was, I was so scared and it was dark inside and they would pray this prayer. And if you've never thought about the words, you just say it over and over again and you really don't think about it. My parents would pray this, now I'll lay me down to sleep. You know this one? I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should, what? I'm, sc- I'm scared of the dark. I'm scared of something underneath my bed and three sentences in, you come in with, if, listen, if he don't make it, go ahead and let him go into heaven. If I should die before I'm nine years old, why would I die in my sleep, Mama? I don't like, this is terrible. Why would you pray this? If I should die before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. And then you just kind of, sweet dreams, little one, if you make it. You know what I mean? Like, what, what are you doing right now? Why would we do this to our kid? We pray the craziest stuff. Or pray, pray. This is my favorite. And, and I know it's hard to tell by looking at me, but I really like to eat anyway. So I, I, it's always funny to me when we're sitting over, you know, bacon cheeseburgers with fries, chili cheese fries and, and bluebell ice cream. And somebody really spiritual, you know, takes me by the hand and asks God, Father, I just thank you right now for this food. I just pray you'd use it for the nourishment of our nourishment it's it's a double bacon cheeseburger there there's no nourishment whatsoever in this food whatsoever it you're taking days off of your life by eating this way and you're going to ask God that it, it, better prayer would be God do a miracle and turn this into grilled chicken breast and broccoli in Jesus name that'd be it that'd be the prayer I'd really pray we pray the craziest stuff sometimes we pray general prayers you know God just be with me or God just bless me or Small prayers, God just, you know, just be with my kids, or God just, you know, if you can just help me get through today. If I'm, I'm going to ask you an honest question. If, if I could give you a prayer to pray, put something on your prayer list that you could pray for somebody you love, somebody in your family, that you could add to them, that would make them, it would help them draw close to God, that they could appreciate God's goodness in their life, and that the Bible said, listen close, the Bible said they would, if, they, if you learn to pray this prayer, that you could have a full understanding of every good thing that God has for you. How many of you would pray that every day? Let me see your hands. I think I can give you that prayer today. I want to give you a prayer today that, that, that I want you to pray for the people in your life that you love, the Christians in your life that you love, the, the, your family, the people who are far from God that you love, that you want them to be blessed in every way. The Bible says that if, if you pray this, if you, if you learn to pray this prayer, that, that, that they would have an understanding, their eyes would be open to every good thing God would have. And I'm going to give you the punchline. It's not on the screen, but I'm going to give you the punchline. You can write this in your notes, and then, and, then and then we'll walk through it. The Bible says, as Paul would say, if, you, if you'll learn how to pray that they, that the people that you love, would consistently share their faith in Christ, that they would learn how to be active in sharing their faith. The Bible said, when you do that, you unlock. And understanding to God that you would not normally have. And I want to show it to you in the Bible. There, there, there's there's a, a small book in the Bible, one of the shortest books in the Bible, called Philemon in the New Testament. If you're new to the Bible, uh, Philemon is a letter written by the Apostle Paul. It's only one chapter. And this amazing little book, it's actually a personal letter that Paul would write to his friend 
Philemon. Philemon is, is the only personal letter ever written in the Bible. Most of them are either written to churches uh, in the New Testament or they're written to you know, groups of churches or, or they're written to a pastor like Timothy. Like, you know, I'm giving you some correction right here. But this Philemon's a personal letter. It's from Paul to a friend. And Philemon is this wealthy guy. He's a businessman, very successful businessman. And, by the way, just a little side note right here. The Bible says this in, in, in the first two verses of, of this letter that Philemon uh, hosted a small group in his home. Let me just pause here and say, there's some, if, you wanna, if you wanna get your name in the Bible, you can host a connect group. Come on, everybody. The only dude that got his book, that got his personal letter in the Bible was a small group leader. I didn't make that up. That's in the Bible. Philemon literally has a, has a connect group in his, in his home. And Paul knows about him. They're, they're, they're friends there. And listen, he's successful. He has a business. He's, and he's still got time to lead a connect group. Let me just dig one more time and say, you're not too busy to lead a connect group. Amen, everybody. Everybody has time. So Philemon's leading this connect group, this small group of Christians. The Bible says he, has, he hosts the saints in his home. That's literally the Bible. He has this group of Christians in his home. Philemon is in Colossae. It's a, it's a, it's a city kind of north of, uh, of Rome. and It's in, in, in Colossae and he has a group of slaves as, as it was culturally acceptable and relevant. And it's this one slave named Onesimus. And Onesimus escapes from Philemon's house. Onesimus is the slave of, of Philemon, this Christian who, who, who leads a connect group. And Onesimus escapes from his house and sort of makes his way down to the big city of Rome. And, and we don't know how this all happens. I think it's probably God-ordained. I, I think it's probable it's God-ordained that, that he meets Onesimus, the escaped slave of Philemon, meets Paul. He, he meets the, the, the apostle Paul. And, and when he does, Onesimus is like, he is radically saved, massively transformed. His life is, matter of fact, most historians believe that Onesimus delivers the letter to the church at Colossae, which is the book of Colossians in your Bible, and the letter to the churches in Ephesus, or the book of Ephesians in your Bible. Most scholars believe it's Onesimus, this escaped slave who gets saved in Rome, who delivers these letters that eventually become books in your Bible to these churches. I'm talking about radically, like, transformation. And, and when this happens, when, when Onesimus, this escaped slave, gets saved, he starts talking to Paul about his past. Because everybody, it's one thing for you to come to God. We say it this way. It's one thing for God to sort of deliver you out of sin and out of Egypt. It's another thing for you to deal with the Egypt inside of you. It's another thing for you to sort of settle your yesterdays. One of the things groups does here at City Hills, we, we talk about you finding freedom in a small group, that you get in a group of people that are like you, that share the same passions you do, have the same interests that you have. And eventually, not week one, week two, or week three, but at some point in that group, week four, five, six, seven, you eventually sort of take the mask off and reveal some of that stuff in your life. And this happens to Onesimus. He takes the mask off to the Apostle Paul and he says, Hey, I've wronged the, the, the house that I come from in, in Colossae. I, I was a slave there. Most people believe Onesimus, when he left Philemon's house, he stole a bunch of stuff. Because I was a slave. Let me get that. Let me get, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that. And I'm going to take it with me down to Rome. And so, so now he's saved and he's feeling like i got to settle my yesterdays. And he tells the Apostle Paul, i I gotta, I got to get right. I need to go. Jesus has changed my whole life. i got to go make things right. I need to go do the right thing. And he said, I'm going back to Philemon. And, 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 and so Paul writes this letter to Philemon because he's a friend. 
And he vouches, basically vouches for Onesimus. Look, I know that this guy was a runaway slave, but he got, he got radically saved here. You need to understand Jesus has saved this guy's life. And he's coming back to you. And I want you to receive Onesimus, not like a slave, but like, like a brother in the Lord. Because that's exactly what he is. And Paul, that, that book in the Bible, one, one short chapter, he basically writes his personal, emotional, heartfelt plea to this connect group leader, this very successful business guy, on behalf of this slave who, who his whole life has been transformed. Now, that's the backstory. Let me dive in. Let me show you what he prays. Let me show you the prayer that I, that I think could change everything in your prayer life and in the lives of those that you love. Because this is what Paul would say to his friend Philemon, writing this personal letter. Philemon, there's only one chapter, verse 4, says it like this. I always thank, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Talking to a personal friend, giving a personal... Because I hear about, listen close, I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus... That's a good thing. And, and, and I hear about your love for all the saints. That's a good thing. But he said, I wanna, there's one more thing I want you to have. I pray that. So here, here's sort of that rhythm. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. And, th- and then here's this rhythm. So that, so this is the prayer I want you to pray. I'm praying that you're active in sharing your faith so that you'll have a full understanding of every good thing we have. In Christ. I want you to catch that whole thing. He said if you'll, if you'll get active in sharing your faith. If you'll learn how to share your faith with those that aren't. If you'll learn how to pray for the lost. And share your faith with the lost. Share your story with the lost. You'll learn how to tell them what God's done for you. Then you will in turn have a full understanding of every good thing that you have. Now why do you think Paul would say this for Philemon? Why, like, why is this so important? Because there's obviously something Philemon's missing. There's, some, there's something, and I, what I'm going to tell you right now is not in the Bible. Listen, this is my opinion. So I, I don't have, uh, this, this isn't there. I'm, I'm going to have to read through the lines about why Paul would write this to his friend. But I think I have a good, I think I have a good idea when I read into this story. I, I like learning the backstory. I like learning sort of all that sort of stuff. But I'm going to give you my theory. Not documented, not in the Bible, but I think it can happen. So just go with me on this. Onesimus runs away. The slave gets to Rome, meets Paul, and he's hurting, and he's broken. I'm a former slave. I was mistreated, and then I stole a bunch of stuff, so now I'm guilty about my past. And there's so many people that I meet that have that same story. I'm running away from what happened to me in my past, and I'm guilty about even running away from what happened to me. Some stuff I didn't even have any control over, and he meets the apostle Paul, everybody, this amazing Christian, and he's hurting, and now, and, and he tells you know Paul his story, and I think in my head Paul and him hit it off, because if I'm Onesimus, I hate Christians, because Philemon's a connect group leader with slaves. It, on Facebook, that's called hashtag church hurt. Onesimus has church hurt. I was in this house of this connect group leader and he treated me poor. And Paul, in my opinion, hits it off with him. He's like, Onesimus, I used to hate Christians. Matter of fact, I hate them so bad I killed them. Like, I'm with you on this. But I I had a radical transformation. There was a road. Listen, I met Jesus in a powerful way that changed everything in my life. And he took out all of that stuff in my life. He didn't just save me. He delivered me. I found freedom from all of that hurt and all of that shame and all that pain. And I think you need to know God that way. I don't think you need to give up on Christians. I think I think you need to go to Christ. Come on everybody. Let me just pause here and tell you. If you've given up on Christians, let me invite you back to an experience with Christ. 
a powerful, life-changing, everything changes in your life experience. Where the Apostle Paul said, I know that feeling, but I've met the risen Christ. I think most people, the reason why they have church hurt is they've never really, they, they, they don't really know God. They know about God. They've never met him personally and have a powerful, a life change. And so, and so Paul says this to Onesimus. And Onesimus has this life-changing experience. His life is now radically transformed. And, 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 he, and he, you know, he gives us, he says, I need that. He's transformed. And Paul starts talking to him. None of this is in your Bible. I'm just, I'm reading between the lines here. Paul starts talking. He says, now tell me where you come from. And he's like, well, I grew up, I was in Colossae. He goes, I've been to Colossae. I started a bunch of churches in Colossae. He said, well, I was a slave at a house. He goes, well, I know a lot of people in Colossae. I know a lot of movers and shakers there. I was a church planter, and I had to raise a bunch of money to plant a church. Hello. And he goes, I know a bunch of people there. And he goes, well, you probably don't know this dude. He goes, try me. And Onesimus says, I, used, I was a slave at a guy's name Philemon. He goes, Philemon? Like Philemon Jones? I don't know his last name. Like, 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 <laughs> like Philemon Jones? Like that one? Like the short dude with the kind of, you know, the big and the, you know. The, yeah, that's the one. He goes, dude, I know him. Philemon's one of my connect group leaders there. I know that dude. And Onesimus goes, you know him? And Paul says, I do. And I'm sorry this happened. And he said, one thing I can't believe, Onesimus, if I'm Paul, the the one thing I can't believe that happened to you, you're, you're telling me that you served him all of your life and Philemon never told you about Jesus? And Paul says, I need to write him a letter. I want you to go back and make it right. But I need to write him a letter. And he says, Philemon, I hear... I hear about your faith. I, I, I hear about how you love church people, how you love other Christians. But I'm worried because I just met somebody who's been in your house a long time, and he'd never met Jesus. And I'm praying for you, Philemon, that while you, while you do the good things of, of your faith and loving, loving Christians, one, listen to me, one of the biggest dangers as a church one of the biggest dangers at this church is we're growing and God's blessing and amazing things are happening. People are being transformed. One of the biggest dangers that I warn our whole team about, my staff and our dream team, is this. that There's a danger in Christianity and in churches to become inward and all about self and all about self-centered Christianity. There's a, there, there's, a, there's a danger in you that you'll start looking at Christianity and church all about me, and we get judgmental, everybody, and critical of everybody. And we start, I don't know if you ever met Christians like this, but they get, they're actually scared of people who aren't Christians. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, they, love, they love Jesus. They love people who love Jesus, but we're scared of all those other people. You, you know, you, you've met Christians like this. None of y'all, all of the people I'm preaching about attend 11 o'clock. But in other places I hear that there are, you've met Christians like this who, who love church and church people, but they're scared of sinners. Don't go over there. I don't, I don't want don't, There are bad influences. You better watch out. I hear, I don't know, but I hear they listen to country music. I, I hear they let their kids watch Spongebob. We don't want Spongebob here. Sponge, we watch VeggieTales. Come on, somebody. You know the, and we're, scared, and we're scared of sinners. And we're scared of people who are lost. You listen to me. Write this down. Don't ever forget this. As a value of this church. As long as this church and God keeps blessing like He is. You write this down. We are not called to judge others. We're called to love others. Your job's not to be Jesus. We, we got one Holy Spirit. We don't need you. 
Our job's to love people right where they are, accept them right where they are, embrace them right where they are. He said, he said, Philemon, I appreciate how much you love church people, but I'm worried that somebody could live in your house that long and not know Jesus. The last thing Jesus said when he left this earth was not, everybody go to your homes and hide. All the sinners are coming. That was not not the last thing. (laughs) Guys, I'm going to prepare a place. Y'all go hang out in your churches. Don't don't mix around with all those dirty people. That was the last thing he said is, I want you to go into all the world. I want you to shine your light. Go therefore. I want you to baptize them. I want you to teach them. I want you to make disciples out of them. I want you to go to where they are. Don't just wholly huddle up. It's the handkerchief, y'all. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to calm down. It's the handkerchief. It's not my fault. He didn't say, I want you to just huddle up with other Christians that look like you, vote like you, act like you, smell like you, drink what you drink. Come on. Do what you do. I don't just want you to go around those people. I want you to go find somebody who's broken, who's messed up, whose marriage is hurting, who's addicted, who's who's bound, who needs for. I want you to go find them. And he says, Philemon, I'm worried about you. Because I, you, you, Jesus didn't say you should fear the darkness. He said you ought, you ought to shine your light in the darkness. He said, I appreciate how much you love church and how much you love church people. But I'm worried that you're not sharing your faith. I pray that you would be active in sharing your faith. I think there's a reason why people don't share their faith a lot. I think people just, they fear, you know, rejection or, or, or they, they don't know why it's important. They don't feel qualified. I meet more people that don't feel qualified. You know, when I say, hey, have you, have you shared your faith with anybody recently? Have you told anybody about Jesus and what he's done in your life recently? And usually, most of the time, people say to me, well, what if they ask me questions, Pastor, about the Bible? I don't know. What if they ask me about dinosaurs? I don't know if dinosaurs really existed or in the Bible. Anybody know what I'm talking about? What if they asked me if Adam had a belly button? I don't know. Did he? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> if, maybe they asked me this. If God could do anything, could he build a rock so big he couldn't move it? I don't know. <laughs> and so we just don't share our faith with anybody. Because you feel like, what? I don't, I, don't, I don't have all the tools. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to say it. And I don't know about Philemon. Maybe that was his deal. Maybe I don't feel qualified. Maybe I... Here's what I think will happen. Listen, I, I think if you'll, if you'll be active in sharing your faith, and my prayer for you, my prayer for this church, I've added this to my prayer list, and I want you to add it to yours, is that you're active in sharing your faith so that you'll open up a full understanding. It's amazing what will happen. I, I made you a chart like this. Here's how I think it may happen. The first one is if you start sharing your faith, everybody. So I, I think if you'll, if you'll learn how to share your faith with other people, then, then uh, you share what God's done for you, and then their life is now impacted. Now, now their life is impacted, and their life has changed, and they've met Jesus, and, and amazing things are happening. So you, you start with, hey, listen, I was addicted. I was messed up. I, you know, My marriage was broken. We were lost. We were just spiritually unaffiliated. I never forget I met somebody one time that told me that. I wasn't a heathen. I was just spiritually unaffiliated. <laughs> I just, we just, you know, we were members somewhere, but we weren't active. And so you share your faith, what God's done for you. What God's done for you. And then your li- their lives are changed. Like Onesimus' life has changed. Paul says, man, I've been where you are. And, and, and I met Jesus. And so Onesimus meets Jesus. And his lives is changed. Now lives are impacted. And then, and then the Bible says when that happens, now there's understanding that comes. Now there's an openness. Now you know more than you knew before you shared your faith. Not because you went to seminary, but because literally God opens your... Un- you know more about God the more you talk about God. 
you, you share your faith and lives are impacted and then you get more understanding. Now there's openness and, 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 and now, now I start seeing things I've never seen before. Now I start hearing God's voice like I've never heard before. Then I become more outward focused. Now, now suddenly I'm not just worried about singing songs I like. I'm worried, about, I'm worried about how our church reaches the lost. I'm not just worried about my stuff and my Bible study. and my, No, no, no. I want to reach people who are far from God. I, I'm not just worried about my style and my... I, I want to make sure I got somebody in church with me who's lost. I, I'm invite now. I'm outward focused, and 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 then listen. Then you do it all over again. Then you share your faith. Then lives are impacted. Then then you get a deeper understanding of God. Then you become more outward focused. Then you share your faith. But the converse obviously happens as well. And so many churches and so many Christians live where they don't share their faith. Nobody's lives are being changed. They have a less appreciation for the Word of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God in their life. They become inward focused all about me and what I like. And then it starts all over again. And I don't want that for you. I pray that you would be active in sharing your faith so that people would meet Jesus. And in turn, you'll get more understanding. Your life will open up bigger. Let me, let me give you different ways to share your faith. i got to hurry. Let me give you a couple of different ways to share your faith. If you're taking notes, write these down. Number one, you can be loving but be direct. Acts, the second chapter, Peter is, is stands up. In, in the day of Pentecost, the, the New Testament church is born and the Holy Spirit is poured out. And Peter stands up and he's loving to everybody, but he's direct. Here's what you, you just crucified the Messiah. God, come to us in the flesh. But he rose again on the third day, and you can have forgiveness of sins. And then he just calls them to it. He says in Acts 2, repent. Like, he didn't say, guys, I want you to go home and just take a week and think about it. Guys, I just want you to get in a good group and just talk about it. And just see what, guys, get you a good Christian counselor. See what they tell you to do. All those are good ideas. But sometimes you just need to look at them and go, hey, listen, you're, there's sin in your life. There's problems. I love you too much to leave you there. And Peter stands up and says, everybody, you need to repent. You can be loving, but be direct. Hey, look, your marriage is hurting. I know that feeling. My marriage was broken. Uh, you, you, you need Jesus to change your life. Uh, uh, listen, there's, there's something in, in your life just like something in my life. Like, uh, just, I, I want, I'm calling you right. I'm telling you, you're not going to fix this any other way. You can love people but be direct. Here's a second way you can share your faith. Write this down. You can share your story. You can share your story. Share your story. Like what God did for you. Some of you, it's worth, some of you, 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 you smoked weed and drink whiskey and shoot heroin. Come on, like that. This is my story. This is, is some of y'all, a little bit more like me. You smoke Cheetos, you drink NyQuil and shoot squirrels. Come on, somebody. A little different, but it's my story. <laughs> it's my story. You share what God did for you. You don't have to share what God did for somebody else. You don't have to. You, you, listen, God saved you from something, everybody. God fixed something in you. If you don't know God fixed something in you, that, talk to me after service. You need to get saved. God needs to fix something in you. Everybody, God fixed something. I was broken. I, I had a temper. I couldn't control. I, my marriage was up. I didn't, I didn't know where my purpose was. I didn't know what God had called. I was suicidal. I, I, I was addicted to painkillers. I, I, whatever your story is that Jesus delivered you from, you share your story. Then, then the, the third way you can do it is you can just, we make it easy for you. Matter of fact, here in this church, I think, I think this is an easiest way to do it is you invite people to church. Here's the way I tell our church family. Here's the way I tell you. If you'll do what I can't do and share your story, what God's done for you, 
you, you'll be loving but direct to the people in your life, your neighbors, co-workers, family, friends, the people in your sphere of influence. If you'll do what I can't do, then I'll do what you can't do. We'll come here and we'll, we'll give our very best. We'll, we'll put on an excellent service. We'll take excellent care of their kids. We'll do our best to have a life-giving service. I'll preach life. I'll preach you up and not down. I'll encourage you. and You'll leave here with your head lifted. And then I'll give a clear gospel presentation. And, and I'll give them a chance to give their hearts to Jesus. But you got to, just like the woman at the well, John 4. She meets Jesus at the well. Come on, she has five men. She's living with one to name her man. And she meets the seventh man, Jesus, at the well. She gives her heart. Everything's radically transformed. The Bible says she goes back to her city. And she doesn't just tell her story. She says, y'all got to come see this dude. He's at the well. You got to just come and see. You can invite people to church. You can, you can tell your story. You, you, you can just say, listen, this is what God's done for me. That's what the blind men did. He's, he, he, in John 9, he's blind. He does, and he said, listen, I don't know how it happened. All I know is I was blind and now I see. You tell your story and then you say, you can just come and see. Because that same Jesus, I, you can meet him just like I did. Inviting people to church is a little awkward when you're, when you're the pastor. Because <laughs> I, I have to kind of you know, mask it. I have to be like, dude, you're going to absolutely love it. And they're like, is the preaching good? And I'm like, my wife likes it. I mean, like, it's all right. <laughs> you know, I, it, I, my wife thinks I'm really good. She says I am, but she's been known to lie. So I don't know. It's all right. She doesn't lie. Here's the fourth way I think you can share your faith. We're almost done. We'll pray. You can live your life in such a way that others will want what you have. You can live your life in such a way that others will want what you have. There's something about you that's different. I want friends always asking, what's, what's different about you? What's different about you? And when you do, listen close, write this down. When you do that, when you... When you when you share your faith, the best thing you can pray, when you share your faith, when you, when, when you do this, when you invite, when you live in a way that something's different, when you live in a way that everybody says something's different about you, I heard you were religious. No, 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 no I'm not religious. I found Jesus. I had a, I had a life change. Onesimus says to Paul, I, 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 what happened to you? And Paul says, I was just like you, but I had a radical encounter with Jesus that changed my life. And when you do, you'll play a part in the divine story. Write that down in your notes. I always tell you, the, 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 one of your favorite days in this church, listen close, one of your favorite days in church will not be Snow Cone Day. That's one of my favorites. Your favorite day in church, look at me in the eyes, your favorite day in church will be the day you bring someone that you've prayed for, someone who's lost, someone who's broken, whose marriage they've given up on, who's addicted, who's hiding from their sin. And there's, I always know when you bring your friends, I love this church so much because you bring people to church. You do what I can't do. And I see the nervousness on your eyes. Please don't say something stupid, Pastor. <laughs> please don't do something dumb. Grayland, please, please sing the song I like. Please, please, please let everything be smooth. We'll do our best to... Give God our best. It's one of our values here. We pursue excellence with everything we got because I know that day you bring somebody who's lost. I know you're worried about the same things I'm worried about. Don't let anything distract them. They fall to hell to get here. And your favorite day in church will be the day you bring them and you worship. You don't worship really like you normally do because you want to act like you're civilized. So you kind of just raise your hands like this. Mm, you kind of hum a little bit. Mm, you know, you want to be deep. But I know. 
And then they come to Jesus. And I tell them Jesus can change anything. There's nothing too hard for Him. There's nothing God can't save. If you're still breathing, there's still hope for you. Hope for your life. There's purpose that God has for you. You're not forgotten or a mistake. God has something amazing for your life. You can discover that purpose here. And I I preach the life-giving message of Jesus. And your favorite day in church will be the day that your friend, eyes are closed. I always tell you, on that day, you can close one eye and leave one eye open. And you just watch them raise their hands and tears fall out of their eyes. That will be your favorite day. And you get to play a part. They'll, they'll tell the story to their grandkids. I remember the day we were broken. Our lives were headed the wrong direction. But my friend invited me to a, little, a life-giving church. And I met Jesus in a powerful way. And, and my friend brought me to church. You'll be a part of that story. And when you do that, your faith will start growing. Write this down. Your faith will grow. When you share your faith, then your faith grows. It's amazing what happens. There uh, there are people in this church that since they've become a part, they've gone all in with God, that God's changed their whole family. Come on, it increases your faith. And then you're reminded what you have in Christ. Listen, you are reminded that what God did for you, He can do for everybody. You share your faith, lives are transformed, you get deeper understanding, you become more outward focused. And then we change the world together, everybody. Onesimus, I want you to go home to Philemon. But send this letter with him. Philemon, I'm so glad at how good... You you can just read it, verse 6. I pray that. I'm I'm so glad you love church as much as I do. I love church. I love God's people. I hear about your faith, but I pray that you're active in sharing that. Because Onesimus had to come all the way to Rome to meet Jesus when he could have done it in your house. And when you do, Philemon, you're going to have a full understanding. You want to to know what God's plan is for your life? Let me tell you. If you'll share your faith, God will open up His plan for you like never before. You'll get a full understanding of everything God has for you. Amen, everybody. 